an actual play TTRPG podcast in which we, your Anthro gang, conduct ethnographies of places that don't exist through the play of role-playing games. Um, if you listened to our last season, first of all, we're sorry again about not ending it. <laughs> um, Whoops. <laughs> a lot of us were, uh, were going through some pretty quick and overwhelming transitions in our lives, and that resulted in some critical recordings being lost, which uh, made it kind of just impossible to wrap up the season in a way that did justice to the characters and to the story we were trying to tell. So um, we think the analysis in there is still super valuable and the show did help me get into graduate school. So we're going to leave it up as bonus content for our patrons on Patreon. Um, Which brings me to another thing. We actually, we have Patreon and coffee and a website. Links will be in the show notes. Um, We will also, uh, uh, I'm going to try and get some sponsors from Podcorn um this show has become such a passion of mine and of ours that i've decided to invest more than just a lot of time into it um but that means we have a lot more overhead to pay these days so alas the ad-free days of polyvox are coming to a close unless um you chip in a monthly donation on patreon which uh in which case you can get ad-free versions of all of our episodes so um because we're kind of starting fresh in a lot of ways this season um including adding a new player Hello, Cade. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, so why don't we all go around and introduce ourselves and our characters? Um, Cade, let's start with you, actually. Uh, let's do uh, your name and pronouns, education, interests, and your character, Dr. Rue Kane. I am Cade, they, them. Um, I'm studying at Purchase College in New York. Um, interests include theater, uh, music, the arts in general, jokes. That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> and my character is Rue. Um, they them. Okay. Um, you're playing a doctor, right? Um, yes. So why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about Rue's motivation and any like fun facts that we should know about them before? I mean, just to get to like. To prime the listeners, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so Rue had a rough, rough go of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of trauma. Um, was forced into the army at a young age after having their family killed and jumping around. Um I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Just just a rough, rough time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rue is uh, (laughs) is a a traumatized uh, young 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 person, and yeah, they're 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 a doctor now. Um, They were an army medic, uh, which was that will come into play. Uh, Cool. So why don't we move on to um, Connor, Um, name, pronouns, education, interests, and your character, Nicodemus. Sure, sure. Um, Hi, my name is Connor. Uh, He, him, his pronouns. Um, uh, I just recently, like literally last month, uh, graduated purchase. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you all. Um, Uh, interests include uh, anthropology, archaeology, cooking, uh, hiking, and 
the weirder the biology facts, the better, in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> I'm a fan of, as my brother calls it, troubling biology facts. And I Did want you know that, um, yes. some, some jellyfish have I two buttholes. Yeah. And also, Ooh. Portuguese man of war are technically four animals. So. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Why aren't they called the Portuguese men of war, then? <laughs> the Portuguese soldiers. Um, <laughs> the Portuguese army. Yeah. Um, I want everyone on this podcast to know of my affinity for troubling biology facts. Um, but my, As they should. <laughs> my character is Nicodemus. He is a... Uh, in the TTRPG that we're doing... He is the vagabond uh, class. Um, he is sort of a uh, ri- <laughs> he rides the rails. And uh, fun fact, maybe Nicodemus is his real name. <laughs> Who knows? Ooh. Who's to say? Uh, Trucking and fucking is all he craves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to try and... I'm, I tried, fun fact about this character, I tried so hard to think of a voice to do for him. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's really hard just to not do Cruel again. Yeah. Cruel <laughs> <laughs> is just such an iconic voice. That... Yeah. It's also just Hell yeah. me, but gravelly. So. Yeah. You, but gravelly and like vaguely more Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> but I'm going to try and uh, affect like tom waits without going too far into cruel yeah. territory oh my god <laughs> beautiful i'm ready so excited okay um and ollie uh you're up next my name is ollie manning and my pronouns are they them or he him i graduated from iowa state university in 2020 at the height of the panopticon <laughs> i got my major in uh, I got a Bachelor of Arts in Music, I'm a violinist, and I got a minor in theater. Interests include violin and theater, uh, <laughs> acting, pit orchestra, all that stuff, as well as film, uh, Batman villains. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. Oh, if I named them all... It would take the entire recording time, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, so, villains, I do, I do want to lightly, lightly, um, <laughs> uh, uh, playfully jab, um, but villains <laughs> may be too generous. Perhaps villain? <laughs> uh, well, it's more than just the Scarecrow. I also like the Riddler and Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and I also like uh, some of the more obscure ones. Yeah. Uh, any love for yeah, my boy? so it's it's not just it's overwhelmingly scarecrow, <laughs> yeah. but not just him. No, I was just teasing <laughs> you. Um, yeah, I know. So uh, tell us about Victor, your character. Oh boy! So <laughs> my character is Victor Harrington, age twenty-five. He is the academic archetype, and his motivation is: I just think the Vassen are neat. Right. Uh, he views them as this, this, like, this race to study. Yeah. He views them as just this, this fascination with, he's, uh, he's got some kind of 
second wave anthropologist vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and not in the greatest way. No. We're, we're so deeply critical. That's, a, but... that's my warning for this, <laughs> this character. Yeah. But um, I, I'm really interested to see how Victor plays out, as as I am with everybody's character. But I just think, like, Victor is so different from uh, from Elyon and from you that, like... Yeah. <laughs> like this is going to be my greatest acting challenge. How's this going to go? Um, we also oh we have uh, another player who unfortunately couldn't join us for this first session. Um, their name is Lindsay, and I'll have them introduce themselves um, when they do come on next episode. Um, but they will be playing um, Isold, uh, Isold Gudmadaltir, um, who is um, a 13-year-old occultist. And so we're super excited about that. A child. <laughs> a little child. <laughs> um, we're going to be endangering a child. That's going to uh, be so uh, great. Yay! Have you ever thought to yourself, I wonder if... Malinowski, a hobo, a a child, <laughs> and a soldier fought <laughs> oh, trolls. What? <laughs> well, this is the podcast for you. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's like a deep cut in many directions, but it's also super accurate. <laughs> um, I'm so, genuinely excited. Uh, uh, and I, I guess uh, I'm the last one standing, so uh, I'll introduce myself as well. I'm I'm Rune. I use they/them pronouns. I am the game master for this um, game. Uh, I graduated in spring of 2021 from Purchase College with a degree in anthropology. So um, Connor was a classmate of mine in a lot of fun anthro and psych-related courses. Um, and I am headed to Salt Lake City this fall to pursue a master's in environmental humanities at the University of Utah. Um, it is uh, a little ridiculous for me to describe my interest to this podcast that informs like 80% of what I talk about in real life. <laughs> like, um, but uh, I'm really into world building, constructed languages, post-humanism, and the arts. Um, and back in our first season, I DM'd a modified 5th edition rule set, which quickly turned into me becoming a permit GM working at a summer camp and as an RA at a boarding school. Um, and almost all my experience in TTRPGs is the, is fifth edition D and D. So I'm really excited to start branching out into other systems. This will be my first major project doing so, um, which, you know, we've made allusions to this not being D and D. Um, uh, so let's, let's, I guess, talk about the system that we're playing in. Um, we're playing in the Vesen system, which is a Nordic horror RPG, which I've tweaked a lot, um, on the lore side of things. Cause I wanted us to keep playing in my homebrewed planet of East. Um, so obviously, like <laughs> a game that's set in fantastical 19th century Sweden is not exactly compatible. <laughs> but um, I thought a horror game would be a cool vibe to experiment with for us. And uh, it gives us a chance to show off how East has changed since the adventures of the first Anthro gang. Now, um, because this is a horror game, this mystery arc and probably the show in general is going to have a blanket trigger warning for some disgusting imagery which I'll reiterate at the specific episodes for you, the listeners, um, where it's most applicable. But if any time you guys, the players, um, are not enjoying yourselves for any reason, um, you can say or message me on Discord the phrase X card, and we can take a breather or reconfigure the story if you need it to uh, to change what direction it's going in. Um, 
So there's there's going to be a pretty slow burn into the gross stuff. So just keep that in mind. Um, if you need it to change, um, I'm of course like your your comfort is the number one priority over the story that we're telling. Um, because if it's if it's not like everyone here enjoying the story that we're telling, then it's really just my story and I'm dragging you. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, and without further ado, let's get into the mystery. Before we start, I also yes. forgot to mention, not only am I new to this podcast, I'm also new to the game of D&D and D&D adjacent games. Yes. So bear with me. I'm learning. Oh, no, don't worry. I think we're all learning. This system is is a little strange um, and uh, in a great way, I think, uh, from what I've read. But I've never played this before. So um, we're, we're all, and I don't think any of us have. So this is going to be... Uh, new for everyone and um and yeah i think that's just a good guiding light in general is just for us to work out the kinks in real time and see what happens i think it'll be fun um which is why we're making a whole podcast about it (laughs) 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 uh so let's um start with a little prologue and because this is the very first episode before your characters have even met each other um i want to set the scene for each of you individually um so um i'll start with nicodemus so let's see you were on the train from emeraldine the capital city of the feckless coast to the north um to nowhere in particular and while you were on the train, you brushed past someone that you suspected of pickpocketing you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you reflexively checked your purses and pockets, you instead found an envelope containing a note. Ooh. And this note said, Dear friend, it has come to the attention of the Theater Society that you possess the ability to see the unseen. If all is right, you have likely not heard of us, and it would therefore follow that you do not trust us. But if you meet our representative in New Una, you will be provided lodging, employment within our ranks, and a purpose for your gifts to protect our world from hidden dangers. During your stay with us, you may find something you seek, be it refuge from a supernatural enemy or knowledge about your abilities. I hope you will consider our offer. Your friend, Elish Hafleet. So... Um... I'm... <laughs> I'm hopefully not going to be doing this too much, but I will just make the decision for you that you accepted and yeah. continue riding yeah. the train because otherwise we don't have a story. Right. <laughs> this podcast no. is possible. I think he was said go no, home. and that's the end of Connor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great like Andy Kaufman bit is if I introduced myself into this podcast and was never in it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think I especially am I on uh, the train as this happens or am I about to board? You're on the train. I'm on the train. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um. I would say that if you wanted to uh, continue riding the train till the end of the line, that's where the next, that's where the port is. Mm. Um, and where the sun don't shine and it's always shady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you meet Mr. Hades. Um, 
at the end, and he, uh, and he yes, kidnaps please. you. Um, and that is the end of Connor. I, I feel, that's in terms of, I feel so bad. I have no idea what was just referenced. <laughs> Hades Town. That's Hades Town. It's gotcha. Very good gotcha. Show. Okay. Um, everybody has to. Everybody has to go down to the underworld and save Nicodemus. <laughs> oh no. That's, that is the earliest plot twist that I've ever like experienced or thought about. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say. Usually you hold on to the. Uh, they were dead and the whole adventure was a fever dream <laughs> plot twist until well after the series oh ends. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Episode one, minute three. Yeah, this this is like if Grease, if the movie Grease started with like, yep, the car is already in the sky. <laughs> they, are, they are already flying into heaven. Better shape up, cause you have a sign. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I I accept this letter and okay. I think I'm, I'm I'll stay on the line. Okay. Cool. Cool. So um, you can catch a brigantine. We can do a scene if you want, but we we mm. also don't have to. Uh, I just wanted to figure how you were feeling like about this like journey. It was a three day train ride to the mm. end of the line and a five day sail on this brigantine, and you're already like. Lowing far low, running far lower on funds than you expected to be at this point. Right. So I just want to check in with Nicodemus and see, like, <laughs> okay, someone has just acknowledged that I can see supernatural things. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, obviously, Nicodemus is panic is like a little like panicking. I think he's just sort of looking at the whole car that he's in to see if anyone. Like, uh, he's also listening to different languages that are being spoken to see if there's anyone who might, uh, remember him from his home. Right. Um, uh, but he's not really getting anywhere. And I think he's like starting to go through all the stages of grief. Like he's, (laughs) uh, denying that this isn't like a little, uh, angry (laughs) yeah but mostly like okay i think weirdly reassured is is the one that surprises him because he's like oh that was i saw something that day yeah i all right cool and uh i i pet my dog I, I should have mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I have a dog and a bird. <laughs> yes. Beastmaster, hobo, <laughs> That's Nicodemus, right. Yes. Right. So we're not playing 5e, but I am a Beastmaster, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, a little dog. I imagine him as just like a little like black schnauzer type. I, I thought he was a schnauzer, too. Yeah. I, like, why did I immediately think Schnauzer as well? That's so funny. I think it's because I immediately imagined Nicodemus as kind of like a Captain Haddock from Tintin yeah. type vibe. And so this is like my little snowy. Um, but yeah, his name is Tiberius or or Tibbles, as I call him. Very and, good. Tibbles. And then there's Aloysius, my bird. He's just sort of like a, a, like a hazel feather like brownish with white and black spots uh he almost looks like a potu in my head <laughs> like okay. uh if anyone knows that bird they just have these huge eyes uh 
they kind of <laughs> look like the Martians from the Muppets. Those like weird like blankets with the eyes. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I like that a lot better than what I was picturing, which is just like a normal ass pigeon. <laughs> no, this is a full. I have I have a schnauzer and also a potu that squawks at me, and he'll. I, I lift I lift the little cloth that is covering his cage. Uh, he's he's sitting in front of me. I lift it up to check on him, and then he just he screams at me. He goes, Aah! and then I like okay, back to sleep. <laughs> All right, good yeah. boy, good boy. <laughs> Your relationship with Aloysius is just like yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of unfathomable to right. <laughs> the train passengers, but like they're like they take it in stride. Right, yeah. And Tiberius is just sort of like chilling next to me, and he, yeah. um, I give him uh, like a piece of the apple that I've been chewing on. That okay. I, uh, you you say that like I've been running low on funds, but I'm almost positive I would have been <laughs> like pickpocketing, <laughs> not, like when funds do run low. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's yeah. just like you 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 were not expecting to have to do that so soon in your journey <laughs> yeah like oh this is faster than i've ever had to do it it's um yeah yeah you you blew through like your unexpected windfall um pretty quick and you've been like robbing people or not robbing people but like you've been that's, like shaking shaking too dirty pockets. a word i think yeah. it's uh yeah, there's no violence involved no i was i was relieving them of their coin it was yeah too heavy <laughs> and <laughs> okay I'm, cool so um you're like i'll say you're pretty tired because you've been traveling for eight days on two right. different modes of transportation. I don't think you've ever necessarily been on a boat before. Um, no, I'm, no, I'm still trying to get my sea legs, let alone. Yeah, you're trying to get your sea legs, let alone the dog and the bird that I brought on this boat. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you the weirdest passenger. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, why? This it's, guy in like really fancy clothes came on the boat with a bird and a dog and then started robbing everybody <laughs> yeah and the, the really fancy clothes that i'm wearing like don't fit super they don't great fit. they don't they <laughs> like, you, you have like you have like a hat that's like way too small <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and weirdly like tattered gloves against yeah. this like pristine suit that's like right, right, right. the arms go up a little higher yeah um Okay, I, so that's, I, that's I'm, I'm normal. Like that. I'm normal. I'm maybe just to like put everyone at ease. I can sort of notice that people are getting so I'm just like, don't worry, I'm normal. I'm I'm normal. I'm normal. I love that. Um okay, so I think we can uh we can we can leave it at you are exhausted and robbing everybody. Yep. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> after after this eight day journey to mm. um, the sea glass uh, to the Isle of Light and Air, um, mm. uh, the city of scholars um, is the capital of which um, of the of the empire um, where it sits on the Isle of Light and Air, and you sail in um, to find uh, lodging. Lodging. Um, <laughs> before you um, before you find this uh 
this tavern where um where Elish Halfleet, um, your contact, uh is uh is supposedly located. Um uh, let's skip to Rue. Dr. Rue Kane, your envelope was stamped with the official seal of the Empire and appeared to be a routine work order assignment, but when you opened it, the inside flap was scrawled with the words, If you truly wish to be free, do not show your superiors the full contents of this letter. Inside, you found the same cryptic note as Nicodemus, but with a postscript. We have included a forged transfer of duty submitted from the offices of the Minister for War. Slip the enclosed envelope into your superior's inbox unopened and continue about your day. You should be transferred to sea glass within the week. Burn after reading. Um, so, how are you feeling? I don't trust it. Don't trust it? But but I am willing to take the chance. Okay. Um, it goes off without a hitch, and we will fast forward a week and a half. You just disembarked from the bark on which you sailed from Sunset City on the Colony Coast into New Una, which is a three-day sail. You were already stationed in Sunset City, so uh, you're not as travel-weary as you've been from some of your deployments, but the anticipation of this unknown future fills you with strange new emotions. Um... You're kind of a fish out of water at this point, because after... Well, how long have you been in the military? Years. Yeah. So you're finally free, or so it seems. Yes. Again, I don't trust it. I'm skeptical. But... Just having the chance... Even just the possibility that it might work... I'm going to take it. I like that. So you're kind of, you're feeling like maybe you're on borrowed time, but you'll take it anyway. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Um, uh, Victor, the courier with your letter got lost on the way to your office, um, which is just your luck because you really could have used the encouragement that week. Mm-hmm. You had received word that the university had not approved your grant proposal for a trip to Therothane to study trolls. Um, they had actually said the words this time too. There's no such thing as trolls, and you could basically hear them laughing through the through the paper. Um, but they found you. The courier found you on the second try in the library, where you were for the third time that week, drafting your resignation letter to the university in your head. <laughs> um, uh, she had a strange look in her eye and said that every time she got near your apartments, a pale green light in the distance would flash and she would forget where she was going. Um, Your envelope contains the same short note as the others. How are you feeling? I asked the courier... Has this... Has this green... Pale green light appeared every time? Um, she... <laughs> oh, right! No, she doesn't remember, does she? She... Wait, she remembers the light. She remembered the light when she told you. But as soon as you ask her, she says, What light, sir? The... Oh. Never mind. 
I've decided I'm going to butcher an English accent for this. <laughs> yes. Oh, bear with me. Bear with me. So exciting. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I take the note and I open it. Is there anything special in there Just besides the, the message? Okay. Um, the, the note has told you all to go to the Silverbone Inn. Um, and Victor, it's not that hard, like hard to get there from where you live. Um, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's like a coach ride away from where you live near the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get there, you immediately spot the people you're meant to meet. Like even if it weren't one p.m. and if the inn weren't totally empty, besides these people, <laughs> um, uh, they'd stick out like sore thumbs. Um, there is this uh-huh. stiff-looking, well-groomed young person sulking in the corner in a starched white shirt, and a gentleman with a charming smile um, in wrinkled but fancy traveling clothes that don't quite fit. I stride over to them. Okay. So by the I probably have some kind of like. I don't know, not necessarily arrogant kind of air, but, like, still something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's He's got, like, this, uh, just a little bit of, like, I don't know how to describe it. As an Aries Rising, I'm gonna say some possible Aries Rising energy. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, so by the time you've all gathered in the Silverbone, you notice in the lunchtime lull of customers, this older woman, um, sitting on her own across the room watching you all. And Victor, as you walk in, she pushes back her chair and dusts off her lap and carefully carries her tankard to your booth and says, uh, <laughs> And I made the uh, the decision to make all the NPCs ridiculous. So here we go. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> Do you mind if I join you all, my friends? Oh, um, I certainly don't. Absolutely. Come, come on in. <laughs> sure. I was supposed to meet someone here, and I'm afraid they may have forgotten, or I may have just gotten my dates mixed up. Oh, no matter. Hmm. What what are your names, my dears? My name's uh, Nicodemus, and uh, it's... that's... this here's Tibbles. <laughs> and uh, this here's Aloysius and then I, I take the, the little blanket off of Aloysius caves and his eyes open just way too wide like, <laughs> like alarmingly wide Vic- <laughs> yeah. Victor jumps a little yeah. bit <laughs> and it just goes <laughs> and then I, I put the cloth back over yeah so that's, that's Aloysius and I love I, it um, <laughs> This woman uh, goes to shake your hand and then tipple, Tibble's hand, Tibble's paw. Aww. And then she, like, very absentmindedly goes to open the cage to shake your bird's paw. And then she, like, as soon as it screams, 
Right. She'd be like, never mind. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the commitment in going in to shake my bird's hand. <laughs> ah, nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, and, and, and you, dearie. And she turns, she turns to you, Rue. I hesitate and I cross my arms before Rue. Okay. Uh, And she pats your shoulder gently and absently. (laughs) Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) And then she kind of straightens up a little bit and turns to you, um, Victor, and says... Well, now I remember, don't I? You must be Victor Harrington. I return. How have you been? You don't know her. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dang it! Okay, let me try that again then. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Yes, and. Oh. Yes, and. <laughs> no, no, no. I am very much. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. Tapping tapping into my improv roots. That was great. Um, (laughs) No, dear, I don't know you, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) But I've heard of you. You you three are who I was supposed to meet. My name is Ailish Harfleet. And she perpetually just looks really confused. Like, <laughs> you get the sense that she's, like, maybe heavily medicated or deeply traumatized or both. Um, huh. Also, she's, she's just, like, kind of, like, half in the room with you yeah. um, and half in her head. Um, but um, she says, well, to to business then. Um, I'm I'm sure you all have many questions for me, and I'll do my best to answer them, though my mind isn't what it once was. Can I welcome just welcome all of you to the Silverbone Inn? By the way, mm. it's, it's a love it's a lovely place you've you've got for us. Can I just thank you? I hate it's to my... I, I hate to sound rude, but how old are you? <laughs> Why? I'm 28. Oh my goodness. You, I would, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you look 20 if you were a day. That's. I, I, I live in a cloud of smoke at all times. <laughs> you don't say. That's fascinating. Is it your smoke or is it like a railroad smoke? Because <laughs> it's a world of a difference. This was. This was. This, this I live was, just above a bonfire. <laughs> I, live, I have the Rue oracle at Delphi. And, and considers leaving. <laughs> Nicodemus like r- puts his head on his fist and like really leans into this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> no, she. Uh, she's clearly not twenty-eight years old. She. Um, 
she mm. said that possibly as a joke or possibly because she actually thinks that but she's <laughs> like um like like poss- or possibly she was trying to lie about her age but way overshot the mark of what could have been possible <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to know. You don't look a day over seventy five. Yeah. yeah, she she looks maybe like in her mid seventies, but um, right. oh my god, I was right. also also time is like time is measured differently on East. Like the years are slightly right. longer, so twenty eight uh, is actually more like forty. But still, like she's way <laughs> older than what we would consider forty. Right. Um. But uh, uh. So anyway, she has asked um if you guys have any questions for her. Uh, about the letter that was sent to you. Uh, you, you I'll, I guess I'll, I'll ask something. You said that we were hunting, that we could, that I could see something. What? Oh, what yes. was the word you used? You. It's come to the attention of the of my associates that. Well, I suppose I shouldn't. Let me back up. I'm sorry, first of all, for making it seem like there's much more than just me here, but the truth be told, the society, the theater society, has not existed as such in quite a long time. But I am the surviving member, and it came to my attention that you three have some latent abilities to see the unseen, and... The supernatural, perhaps. What many would call, anyway. It's important to me that we rebuild the theater society, um, which I can tell you all about. Um, But it's more important for you to know that if you were in danger before from some supernatural enemy or element. This is where you are safest because I can give you information. Victor is trying very hard to contain his in- his excitement right now. <laughs> like extremely hard. Um Ruth swallows. Yeah. And speaks up. Mhm. Why us? Well, that is something that's more difficult to answer, actually. But typically the sight manifests when you've experienced some sort of trauma at the hands of the supernatural. Hmm. And you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but it can be incredibly horrifying the first time you see one of these hidden folk. (sighs) But it's important that you all know each other. It's important that we have met because if we all share our experiences and our skills, we may be able to stop it from happening to others. Hmm. Sounds reasonable. So I wait, and I I turn to look at uh, Rue and Victor, and I think so. 
just to be clear, you've all seen one of those things, right? I have. Huh. <coughs> well, I guess we got something Three coming. Hmm. And she, she, Elish Hafleet begins to tell you sort of the history of this, what she's called the Theater of Society, as she remembers it in that moment. She says, well, why don't we begin at the beginning? Or at least what I think is the beginning. She's quickly becoming Texan. That's interesting. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, this is, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll just Best lean into it. Texas. Just, <laughs> you meet the high fantasy Paula Dean. Well, the society was founded a long time ago. <laughs> you meet Sam Elliott. Legend has it. Years before the great eruption at Hell's Roost by a Mr. Silver, or was it a Ms. Sokari? Anyway, one of them. They called it the Order of the Wheel and started recruiting people with the site to help lubricate the friction between humans and the hidden folk, as it were. Well, that didn't work out too well. After the eruption, by which time the Order was quite well established in this sea of refuge, something seemed to change in the hidden folk and they started attacking without provocation. Sometime in there, we changed our name to the Theater Society. I, I forget exactly why, but it had to do with the governor of Therathane over in the Twilight Lands. That's where... And uh, here she shudders. The massacre. Uh, a great disaster. A family of giants killed all but three of the Society's members. One of the survivors, a kind young lady named Alice Skade, tried to rebuild society starting with me, but I couldn't cut it. I quit many years ago. And she gives this short, dry chuckle. And she looks sad and pensive and continues, Alice disappeared, that poor girl, gone to the land of mines somewhere. I called you all here because the Vessin, and she looks over her shoulder, I mean, the exiled ones, they're, they're getting restless. They're behaving strangely these days, revealing themselves to more people, attacking more than just sheep, or disappearing completely from places they've called home for dozades. The society needs to be rebuilt. I'm sorry I made it sound like there's more than just me. To tell you the truth, I, I don't know how many of us are left at all. I haven't spoken to another member in over 30 years. But we need to do this. Oh, I fear the worst for our communities on these shores, human and hidden alike. Well, that's, that's quite a story, I suppose. Um, for all you know, I could be a member of the Thera Society, and I sort of like raise my eyebrows. <laughs> And like English smiles at you, which is like <laughs> my mind's not that gone, dearie. <laughs> uh, damn it! So you're te you're telling me that the university was wrong. Just just to clarify, the university was wrong about there being no such thing as. Vassin? Yes, they were wrong. 
You have been right this whole time, Mr. Harrington, but maybe not about the things that you think entirely that you have been trying to pursue. You are right at least that the Hidden Ones exist and they know of us. Oh. <laughs> yes. um. she, she tosses a ring of keys onto the table around which you're all seated and she says this is where you'll find some of the answers that you're looking for go to Woodspire Manor on the Ice Cliff River on the west side of town you'll find everything you need there now I'm not sure how well it's been kept up since I was last there, but I wouldn't expect much more than a bed and some research materials for a while until you can get it repaired. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, I guess. It's kind of still a lot to process. Um, I, I just... All right, I guess we'll head to the Woodspire Manor. And uh, she gives you this little smile and um, disappears in a bubble. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Why, there hasn't uh, been an old lady here. To see the vessel, the wonderful vessel of all. (laughs) Why, there hasn't been an old lady in this inn for 75 years. By which I mean a hundred and fifty human years. <laughs> um, no, she uh, she like very slowly creaks her way upstairs, um, and says, "Best of luck, dearies." <laughs> I can't. I guess. I guess my voice. Like I have decided that I want her to be like a weird Texan old lady, but my voice cannot decide that. <laughs> She's like a weird Texan witch, and I love yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> Rootin', tootin', toilin', shootin'. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's canon yeah. now. Cool. Texas exists. Texan witch. <laughs> Texas exists, and that's where witches come from. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't. I still can't get the the fucking fa- the phrase like "don't mess with Texas" out of my head. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You misheard me. I'm from Hexus. <laughs> God damn it! Hexus <laughs> himself. Hexus. <laughs> damn. Something wicked this way rides. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what do you, what do you guys do? Like, first of all, like. None of you know each other. <laughs> yeah. Victor is raring to go. He's like, let's go. I, I think Nicodemus is a little, I mean, first, he's, he just got off the long uh, train and boat ride and he's mm-hmm. a little like, I don't, I don't know any of these people. I, this is truly a bunch of strangers. Um, I, I I point to to Victor and I said, "You said you're the university, your your school, you're you're one of them one of them learned learned folk." 
Oh, yeah. You could say that. Uh, all right. And I, like, just sort of... <laughs> I pet Tiberius uh, authoritatively at him. Like, <laughs> sort of like... This is my... Don't talk yeah. to me or my son ever again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's yeah. just like, oh, all right, you college boy. Can I... Can I just ask all of you, where have you seen those things before? Because I'll never forget the first time I saw mine. It was it was pretty rough. But if if you don't want to say right now, I get it. But I I think Victor is one of those types to be like to be absolutely delighted to share that kind of thing uh, so I'll start with the lighter traumas and then we can get into the heavy the stuff heavy trauma. <laughs> <laughs> like he it was traumatizing for him but he also was like oh my god the Vassanora thing <laughs> that's that's his his main thing like this is all real and he's that much more excited to know more. Uh, when I first saw them, they... I had read this journal of someone who had seen... I'm messing up the accent. I'm really tempted <laughs> to just go with, like, something... Just, like, a bit grandiose, but not necessarily... Do what you the do what you think you can piss do. Piss poor excuse of an English accent yeah. I can do. Yeah. Do what you do for do what you think you can do for like an entire season of a podcast. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I'm just gonna stick I, with that then. We're gonna go Midwestern. We're all yeah. just God. sort of like workshopping accents in real time. Just switches every time. The things I've seen. No. Uh, just go pure Georgian. Uh no, um, I had found this journal of someone who had seen giants and I decided it would be beneficial to uh, my research to actually go to this place where the person was last seen. I saw their bones and nothing else. Wow. And then they were lifted from the ground and in front of my eyes, this giant just slowly materialized in front of me. I was terrified. I, I, I got out of there as fast as I could. And he just sort of trails off. But he's, he's still like kind of... He's not bouncing excitedly like I do IRL, but like you can kind of tell that he's like, ah, this happened. Oh. Like the trauma for him was like seeing someone like seeing evidence that someone had been like, I'm assuming they were eaten. Yeah, I think I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, something ate this guy. <laughs> That's where, like, the, oh, my God, 
like actually like seeing seeing death seeing human remains that that kind of thing is the that's the traumatizing part mm-hmm. that's well that's, that's very similar to what i saw and i think my hands almost start to shake like as, as soon as victor mentions like bones uh mm-hmm. that bones? makes me sort of like my eyes dilate and <laughs> I start to like oh. <gasps> a baby. Um yeah. <laughs> has brought their cat onto the screen. Ollie has a g- very good cat. <laughs> His name is Hercules, but we call him Hank. <gasps> oh, Hankules. <gasps> Hankules. Hankules. Yeah. Hankules the Tankules. <laughs> I, I love, love Hank it. the Tank so much. Me <laughs> I think, yeah, Nicodemus just kind of like uh, starts rubbing his legs anxiously. It's not a, uh, it's an, similar to Victor, it is an, oh wow, they're real kind of feeling. But mm-hmm. dreadfully, like yeah, yeah. I, it's like oh wow, they're real versus oh shit, they're yeah. real. Yeah, and I just kind of go like there was there's only really one that I saw, and yep, it it that story lines up with what I've heard. Let's just say I had a very troubling uh, visit to a graveyard one day, and. Uh, your storylines up. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, and I just sort of like it. Tibbles like pokes me in the <laughs> in the stomach, like trying to. He can tell that I'm freaked out. Oh. <laughs> and he like sort of scratches at me. I'm like, it's, it's all right. That's all right, boy. Good Tibbles. What about you? You've you've seen them too? And I I look at Rue. Rue, who has been silently observing each and every person throughout this entire ordeal, (laughs) decides internally to go with it, but to share little. Okay. I was 12. My family was killed. Oh, I, I'm terribly sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to bring anything up. Bruce says nothing. Very <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <Fair> fair. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, like Nicodemus definitely did mean to bring at least something up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like that was the purpose of that question. <laughs> um Alright. Let's sh- see. Shall we so, shall we be on our way on that note, I guess? I'd say so. Alright. Oh, went back to English, god damn. <laughs> I like the idea that Victor Harrington affects a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> like Victor Harrington wants people to believe that he's British, but he's not that good at a British accent. 
<laughs> not me constantly doing different English accents <laughs> in my day to day. I just every now and then make Victor Brummy. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is let's find some Vassin. Uh, that's by order of the Pinky Blonde. <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, so Woodspire Manor. Um, it's not that far away. Uh, it's about um, like a 15-minute coach ride. Um, it's just outside the western outskirts of town. It's on a hill that overlooks the Ice Cliff River and the western piers. And it's surrounded, like, immediately you're struck by both the scale of wealth that went into constructing this manor and the disrepair that it seems to be in. Um... It's surrounded by a black iron fence and has a gate flanked by gargoyles. Um, the garden and the paved walkway leading to the entrance are overgrown with decorative bushes, trees, and shrubbery gone wild. Um, you catch a glimpse of a fox darting between the shrubs. Uh, <clears throat> down a winding path, there is a dilapidated jetty on the shore of the river Ice Cliff with a boarded-up boathouse. The garden has several smaller buildings, most likely used as stables, storage rooms, etc., as well as 12 evenly spaced oblong stones balanced precariously on their tips around a fountain. Up on a small hill, there are seven rotting wooden grave monuments. The manor is three stories high and has a vast underground cellar. It stood vacant for many years. Its old furniture is covered in cobwebs, and mice have nested in couches and chairs. The roof leaks rain and snow. Excuse me. Um, I burped, but it sounded like I was really sad about the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the roof leaks snow. Many of the doors um, are either locked or nailed shut. Uh, but by reading old journals left behind by previous residents over the next few hours while you're exploring, you learn that there are libraries, a laboratory, an infirmary, a chapel, an observatory, and halls for magical studies. Are we playing in the house from Clue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a troll in the conservatory <laughs> with... It's fist yeah, or something. Yeah, you look up and you see um, five enormous beings seated around you with with uh, with little tokens <laughs> and dice. <laughs> That's what happens if you roll a nat twenty on perception. Yeah. But uh, no, there there should also be these cells actually where Vassin were held. Um, like you actually see the signs of. Um, like scratch marks on some of the doors. Um, oh, Victor's very interested in that. But um, most of these doors are just, you have identified them, but you can't open them. Um, and after about a week uh, uh, where you guys have just been exploring and um, trying to make yourselves feel a little bit more at home in this enormous, but uh, kind of freaky house, um, there's a knock at the door. Victor answers. Um, Victor, you open it onto a small man, impeccably dressed under his traveling cloak, and he says, Greetings. I am Alva. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good voice. I love that voice. That's very good. Love it. <laughs> I am Alva Frisch, 
May I come in? Oh, of course. Oh, my... Let me... <clears throat> let me get straight to the point. My family... Oh, good to meet you all, uh, by the way. My family has served at Woodspire for several decades, and it would be my honor to serve as the steward of this estate. Huh. So, you've you've heard of the Thera Society. The, the what? Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say nothing. Uh, it's good to... We don't talk. It's good to see that. you again. Sorry. Disney. Disney. No. We do not have the rights to that song. We don't. We wicked don't. <laughs> what, what did you say your name was again? Uh, my name is Alga Frisch. Oh, um, yes. But uh, you may call me Alga or Mr. Frisch or Alga Frisch. <laughs> Mr. Frisch. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he has something in his hand it's this pile of dusty envelopes about 10 inches thick <laughs> whoa and he says uh, i hope you don't mind but i've taken the liberty of collecting whatever mail has been left here for the past oh five or so years in miss halfleet's absence this may be of interest to you he says pointedly and he shuffles out a decidedly fresher-looking envelope with an official-looking seal and tosses it on a table in the foyer separately from the pile. Now, if you do decide to take me on, I will require a small salary, but that can be worked out in time. For now, with your leave, I would retreat to my old quarters in the servant's wing. Now, uh, all right. Let's make yourself comfy. Uh, how how you. new is this letter? Good day. Um, the letter, uh, it doesn't look to be more than a few days old. It actually looks like the most recently delivered letter in... There's no postmark because there's no United States postal system on East. Right. <laughs> but, uh, like, a courier has probably recently delivered it. And, in fact, um, it's still wet with the rain outside. Um uh, My apologies. I should have checked the mail. <laughs> but uh, it's addressed to friends at Woodspire Manor in a tiny, precise hand. And Mr. Frisch um, is, uh, like, bowing himself out ridiculously, like, over and over again. <laughs> um, to, yeah, he just kind of looks like a chicken moving backwards. <laughs> Thank God. Rue watches Mr. Frisch bow and leave. And once he is fully out of the room turns and looks at the letter the new letter <laughs> okay um so rue you break the seal and it says to whom it may concern at the theater society it's in this like tiny precise hand you actually have to squint through your glasses a little bit um <laughs> you're like <"Ooh." laughs> um so to whom it may concern at the theater society my name is hulen prentice i study classics at sea glass university and I'm afraid I have nowhere else to turn for help. I suspect a professor here at the university is using dark magic to advance his career and neutralize his rivals. I fear my colleagues may be in danger. I may be risking too much by putting all this in writing. Will you meet me in the university library at 1400 on the 10th of White Moon? There I can present my suspicions in greater detail. 
with gratitude, Hewlin. And it is currently the seventh of White Moon. Do I know this guy? Um, you know the name Hewlin Prentice. He's a he's a pretty good student. Um, he he was in a class that you TA'd uh, like <laughs> several years ago, um, before you became an associate professor. Um, mm. like you were a graduate student, and then they hired you. Um, now he's mm-hmm. a graduate student, so he's uh, he's uh, oh, I remember a bit behind you. Yeah, I remember Mr. Prentice. Um, Rue passes the letter pointedly to Nicodemus first. I I read it. <laughs> I, I was about to be yeah, like um, Nicodemus can't read. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that <laughs> jokes like, on you. Victor was kind of like reading over Rue's shoulder a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I yeah I was like half paying attention and half pointing at where Mister Freesh just was and like pointing like we all fucking saw that right. This is. <laughs> No one else will make it, will comment on the tiny, well-dressed man who wandered in and with a pile of mail and and said he was going to be our butler. Yeah, you hired him. Too. Oh, we hired him. Okay, never mind. You were the one who hired him. Oh, uh, oh sorry. <laughs> Funny. It's just the kind of thing you do in shock. I mean, like yeah, you're like fu- okay, sure. Just, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll hire yeah, you. I fine. guess. I was so intimidated during the. <laughs> I I personally believe that Nicodemus thinks Mr. Freesh is a Mason, and he's like, yeah. like is he a hundred percent convinced that he's not? Yeah, he could be. <laughs> you don't know. Hey, thanks for joining us for Season 2, Episode 1 of Polybox. Um, It's really good to be back, and I'm just really thankful for all of our listeners for uh, sticking with us through thick and thin, and also for my players, of course. Um, This is, uh, it's just so lovely that we get to make this show for you, and um, even through a lot of changes in our lives and in our schedules, um, that everyone is still just as excited as we were when we were doing this for my undergraduate thesis. So now that we're just doing it for fun, um, we're not really going to be doing very many um, analysis segments. Um, We will be doing that at the end of each season, but um, for now, uh, I think we're just going to let the gameplay ride and um, there will still be a lot of things to analyze at the end, but we're just gonna tie that up in a bow when we get there. So. Um, next episode, stay tuned for some more gameplay, and thanks again for listening.
Thank <laughs> you.